We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And as always, we are sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. You can get Cooperage at cooperagebrewing.com. Must be 21 or over, but they will ship it directly to your home in the state of California. Really cool feature. Again, that's cooperagebrewing.com. Or if you don't want to get it shipped, if you want to go hang out at a really fun brewery with good food trucks and good vibes, uh, visit the brewery out there in Santa Rosa. Again, that's Cooperage Brewing. The 49ers beat the Chargers 22-16 to on Sunday Night Football. I had a quick post-game reaction pod by myself, but Chris Peterman is back. So let's talk about the game. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. In my haste to get a pot out, and I'm also writing, and I was also eating dinner after the game, and just kind of a little bit, a little bit flustered going into the pod last night. I managed to get through an entire 49ers Chargers post game podcast without mentioning that Dre Greenlaw got ejected. <laughs> <laughs> so my bad. I just wanted to address that up top. That's a thing that happened. You and I will discuss it. Sure. But, you know, sometimes you just let a, let a mistake slide. That one I wanted to make sure to get up. Like, hey, everybody who listened, I recognized it. My bad. But you uh, have watched and now rewatched the game. You were on assignment last night and couldn't pod, but you took in the game. Let's get your initial thoughts just on the... 22 to 16 victory just as a whole. So the feeling I get is that, and I, I agree with this. It was not a good game for Kyle Shanahan. I didn't think um, I understand him wanting to run the ball 41 times. The 49ers are basically undefeated in Kyle Shanahan's tenure. I think it's like they're eight. No, or something when, when they reach that 40 run total. Um, but it was just to me, like the thing that stands out, first of all, a win is a win. Like uh, it, it was, 
it was a good win. There's no such thing as a bad win in the NFL. Winning is ultimately the most important thing, but it does feel like Kyle Shanahan left a lot on the table in terms of what he could do offensively in terms of play calling and decision-making in the red zone, right? Like third and goal from the one or the two, it happened a couple times, just cramming it right up the middle on shotgun runs. Like you're, you have one of the best array of skill guys in the league and you're going with the most un the the most uncreative <laughs> like not creative at all in in two separate situations i thought um you know the first the first drive the 49ers were getting basically anything they wanted in the running game which is what we came in expecting because the chargers were so banged up along the defensive front but also playing so many backups because they were just dealing with so many injuries. And I understand wanting to run it and wanting to play conservatively because of the way your defense is playing and all of that. But just like cramming it up the middle in looks where the Chargers have a hat on the hat, a hat on a hat, um, just basically really plugging the middle of of the field at the line of scrimmage. Like, so you're just going to run right into that where all the guys are. And that's something that happens a ton in the NFL. And I just don't get it. Like there are a lot of different things you can do there in short yardage when you only need two yards. I get it. The field's compressed, but you, you just need to be more dynamic as an offense than just trying to cram it up the middle. And maybe Kyle Shanahan has some grand plan to unleash a whole bunch of unscouted plays in the red zone late in the season or in the postseason. Um, maybe he's, you know, keeping cards in his pocket, whatever, like, you just need to win the game. And it feels like just based on the numbers, like the fact that the Niners outgained the Chargers 387 to 238, and they had 22 first downs to 12 for the Chargers. Like at some point, the score should reflect that a little bit better. <laughs> right. Um, and and the big issue, obviously, was the Niners going to a five in the red zone. Like if if they if those third down runs or just any other plays in those sequences are more successful, they win far more comfortably. Like we were talking about Robbie Gold hits that extra point. They score a couple of touchdowns instead of instead of uh, settling for field goals. It's a 31 16 game. And that generally feels closer to what we thought coming in, given how banged up the Chargers um, were going into the game. So, like, I I think obviously it's a good win. The chargers, the chargers defense did impress me. Like I thought, I thought from a, from a defensive design and play calling standpoint, the chargers did a really nice job. And Brandon Staley actually did a really nice job. I think Staley ultimately when he can just be a coordinator and call a defense and get his guys ready to play against, particularly against offenses like Kyle Shanahan, because he's so familiar with it, having been the Rams, defensive coordinator and obviously as more and more teams are running Shanahan's offense like I thought Staley was good in that regard where Staley stinks as a head coach is like game and clock management and his decisions to go forward on for fourth down but that but that never really came up for the Chargers in this one so it was much more of just Staley and Shanahan playing chess against each other and for the most part Shanahan won but it was just like you know how many bubble screens can you run how many, mm -hmm. you know, like I understand having a conservative game plan, but like it felt like half the 49ers pass plays were screens. 
It just felt yeah. like that. I, I, you know, just just watching it, and so, uh, okay, I, I, he doesn't have to do like he doesn't have to have Christian McCaffrey throwing passes every week, like he did right. in L.A. But like there, there are things you can have a much more traditional passing game. You can get, uh, you could get George Kittle involved to the point where he has more than one catch, right? Not mm-hmm. everything with Debo Samuel has to be a run out of the backfield or a bubble screen. Like Debo Samuel so, is a capable receiver beyond five yards of the line of scrimmage. So like Brandon, I right. certainly did some of that. Um, and obviously it's a good win. The defense played lights out, particularly in the second half, allowing 52 yards, just total and shutting out the chargers after halftime. But um there are still issues with with the offense in key situations. And ultimately, like if the 49ers make a run and end up coming up short at any point this season, it feels like it's going to be because they don't get it done in the red zone. So that's 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 been the the big talking point today, especially on Sports Talk Radio, which I work in, in San Francisco, FYI. Um it was undoubtedly like a good win for the 49ers. They were down 10 points. They were down in the second half. They pitch a second half shutout. They pull out a 22 to 16 victory. They get a couple of stops late. Their offense did enough. And I think it's important to note that like it was a good win. There's no such thing as a bad win. And if Brandon Ayuk doesn't have a ball bounce off his chest in the end zone, a ball he catches 999 times out of a thousand, then they win it like something closer to 30 to 16. And the hand ringing over why didn't the offense score more points is, is probably largely out the window. So I think that's important to note, but I also think it's important to note that they added Christian McCaffrey and he shouldered a, a disproportionate share of the load against the Rams because Debo Samuel was out, but then they had an entire bye week so two weeks between games to to have the conversation be, holy smokes, this offense is going to be humming when you get Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell's coming back. And then there's George Kittle. You got Brandon Ayuk. It's, it's all these weapons. And then it largely looked the same as it did pre-McCaffrey. Yeah. There wasn't, there were a couple little wrinkles with different motions and things they were doing. And that's, that's fine. But I think there was an expectation that it was going to be this explosive, like high octane offense, especially in the red zone. Like they were the number one team in the red zone last year in terms of converting trips to touchdowns. They were number one in the league last year. And last night they go two for five. I mentioned the drop by Ayuk. Okay, so make it three for five. But the other trips were just largely uncreative. There was nothing, there was nothing where I mean, how many, how many times do we see Andy Reid? Or or Sean Payton or pick pick a team where they run something at the goal line where they just get guys wide open. Andy Reid's like, always doing cool shit in the, in the red zone. Yes, and like there wasn't one thing less. The the third down play that you referenced is the one that just sticks out above all others to me. You have third and goal from the two. You have Christian McCaffrey next to your quarterback in the shotgun, and the play that comes up as an inside handoff like it's 1984 and that yeah, just, and, and I, kyle use on the sideline yeah i don't i don't i maybe there's 
you know, I know blocks get missed and the players don't always execute, but man, if your scoring play depends entirely on Mike McGlinchey hitting a block, then I maybe use a different play. <laughs> it just, yeah. it, it was the lack of creativity that was bothersome. It's not the, the fact that they won or that they only scored 22. It's like, yeah, they, they just, it didn't look different. It didn't look inspiring. Right. Yeah. The, Shanahan's just being as conservative as he is. Like he feels like in terms of his decision to go for it on fourth down or punt or kick a field goal, like it's Jim Tom Sula levels. Like Jim Tom Sula felt like he would punt on third down if he could. Yeah, you know, like just, if he could get away with it, Jim Tom Sula would have done that. And, you know, obviously these are very different offenses, but it's it is just surprising because you know, worst case scenario, you go for it on on fourth down and you don't get it on your opening possession. And then the Chargers have to go 99 yards. Like, okay, like you you still right. have Nick Bosa there. Like, and yeah, the Chargers did just go right down the field on their opening drive for a touchdown. Maybe Kyle Shanahan was worried like, oh, maybe this is going to be like a Chiefs type game. Right. And, you know, they would be down 14 nothing and have nothing to show for their long drive. And that would have been really, really deflating. Is 14-3 way better than 14 nothing now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. But I, yeah, I just, I feel like given the way the 49ers dominated just from a numbers standpoint, and they were really good on third down, and they ran the ball pretty well throughout the majority of the game, and Juwan Jennings is back making catches on on third down, the, you just it felt like a game where you need to score more than 22 points. And maybe that's just nitpicking at this point. Maybe like, you know, I think, you know, we, we mentioned it or I mentioned it coming into uh, actually, before I get to that, how dumb was my Christian McCaffrey's might average 150 all purpose yards per game. Take just looking horrendous right now. And maybe that changes. Maybe it's 250 in, in next week's game. Does it look better or worse than Samson? Abraham's going to break out in the second half. for me. <laughs> You have you have a thing of picking guys who uh who just don't play not play. <laughs> Tough scene for your boy. <laughs> hey, it's hey, still gonna happen. Hey, 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 but the Danny Bruns are gonna start at right guard take looking nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was still so funny to me. Um anyway. I'm if pulling you, up his numbers right now. We're talking about this later. Go if ahead. If you didn't if you didn't listen to our second half predictions pod over the uh over the bye week, go give that a listen. Because I came out with like <laughs> the wildest big picture takes I could. And Kyle goes, Daniel Brunskill, starter, right? Guard. <laughs> um, anyway. uh, just, just FYI, Daniel Brunskill, maybe like a, like a nice yellow green, Spencer Burford, creamsicle orange. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost like a burnt orange. Maybe, maybe it's just my monitor, but it looks like a, like a Texas Longhorns orange. I think okay, I'll buy that. I guess. Spayberf. Um, I think it's your. I think it might be your monitor. Yeah. Uh, I feel good about creamsicle. Brunskill is like a a solid like celery green on PFF. <laughs> um. Anyway, but green versus orange, there's no comp. You know. <laughs> I forget what I was saying. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's I. I went off on my on my McCaffrey tangent. Point being, like, there's still. 
like the 49ers did win this game and there's still plenty of opportunity to get better and they remain healthy. So, so th- this might be just like a bump in the road and Kyle Shanahan and um, Brandon Staley just really locking horns and maybe Staley deserves more credit than we're giving him here. But yeah. I, I would, I would say that like, it, it just felt like there's, there's no traditional passing game with this offense right now. It just feels like all gimmicky, like just a lot of screens, a lot of stuff like that. And, and yeah, like we saw Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo make like a very rare second reaction play that play where he that rolled nice. to his right and, and hit Ray Ray McLeod leading to the that first a, touchdown they scored. One of the best plays he's ever made. Arguably Jimmy Garoppolo's best throw of the season. And maybe one of the best throws he's made of his career given that he was like off platform and the play broke down and he was rolling out. Cause I'm pretty sure everyone watching that game was like, Oh, something bad's about to happen. Yes. <laughs> and then it ends up being a 33 yard game. Yeah. Like God, Derwin James got pick six. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I mean, I do largely think while Kyle Shanahan does deserve some criticism for the, for not getting more out of this offense, particularly coming off the bye week going up against a defense that was that banged up. I do think it would be picking nits if we're like really reactionary to be like, this is what it's going to look like the rest of the way. Well, because I, I think if there's anything we've learned about football, just the NFL in general this season, it's that like we're all overreacting to everything we see every week in a way that's like, wow, the NFL is so, so unpredictable. It's like, is the NFL really unpredictable or are we just overreacting to everything we see? And should we just huh. predict the unpredictable thing to happen? Right. So like if if we're just if we're just looking at the 49ers as a whole from a 50,000 feet perspective and just say they're still in a good spot, they still have a lot of talent. They got to iron out some some things in the red zone and maybe it doesn't look aesthetically like it'll look in a few weeks. But ultimately they're still they're still fine because it doesn't feel like there are many juggernauts in the NFC outside of Philadelphia and maybe Minnesota now. Well, Minnesota, get, get out of here with Minnesota. They beat the Bills That's, on the road. That is, that is outrageous that they won that game. They're 8-1. and one. They had no business winning that game. They beat I'm with you, but 8-1 is 8-1. I have been... I, I know. Have... I'm, I'm, I'm mostly tongue-in-cheek. The Vikings are good. I would pick the 49ers to beat them I would in too. Minnesota, Santa Clara, or a neutral field. I, I would, That's too. So, I just need to point out that I've been shitting on the Vikings because I don't believe in them, but they are eight and one. And at some point they're going to have to d- deserve a little bit of okay, respect. So while we're doing that, the Seahawks too, because they're first in the NFC West. There we go. Yeah. But they they lost. just don't, they lost almost went Sunday. to Germany and beat Tom Brady. Almost. Yeah. So where was I going? Oh, that's, that's part of the thing that was encouraging to me last night was kind of what you just laid out in that you can just tangibly see it's not like man they just got outplayed and needed a crazy debo play to sneak out a win what the hell just happened no it was a dominant defensive effort and you can point to the brandon Ayuk drop in the end zone like that's six points the brandon Ayuk fumble that that is a three points for the chargers and possibly points off the board for the Niners, not blaming. Ayuk. that just sounds like I am, but those are two mistakes that jumped out from yesterday. He was really good again, by the way, uh, the Brandon Ayuk breakout is just happening 
it just hasn't happened with like a 150 yard game, but his 17 game pace over the last four is like 115 catches, 1400 yards and 13 touchdowns. That's elite. He's been excellent. But anyways, it's like you add again, we talked about it. You add that, make that a catch, which I think is a catch. If they throw that a hundred more times, it's a catch a hundred times. And now they're at 30. And you can see where, okay, maybe they, they're they a little more creative in the red zone moving forward. Or Mike McGlinchey makes a block and Christian McCaffrey plows in. Or they go to Elijah Mitchell instead, who doesn't slip on a run at the goal line. And he punches it in. It's so easy to see the world where the Niners won this game by three scores. And right. they didn't like they did. They did. They clearly didn't. But when you're projecting forward and you're talking about, is it going to look like this the rest of the year? To me, there's reason to believe it won't. And right. there's reason to believe it will get better. So I just came up with this and I thought I should write it down, given that this is fresh in my mind since I did Warriors Kings last night. So oh, yeah. if we're if if the if the Niners Chargers game was about like a Warriors game. It was a game where like Steph Curry has an off shooting night. He scores 20 points and like somebody on the bench, like Jordan Poole has 25 and Clay has 25 or whatever. And like Steph kind of gets carried to a win and they barely beat a bad team versus like, you know, had Debo Samuel had a big game. Like you pointed out, like had the Niners been really struggling, but Debo Samuel broke one play. Like maybe that's the Rams the, game. Right, the the first Rams game where it's like, okay, that feels like Steph Curry went for forty and everyone else played like shit. Right, right. So this so this Niners Chargers game is sort of like Steph got carried in the sense that like, yeah, they won, but it didn't look as explosive as you would typically associate or we typically would have thought, given the circumstances, given all the all the playmakers the 49ers have in theory on offense. Right. So that that's kind of like I do I just in general. I think we overreact to all this stuff and we have a podcast so it's our job totally. to overreact. But I I'm not super concerned like if they come out next week against Arizona and have similar issues and it's like a long-term thing like why yeah. isn't this working over multiple weeks? then I think it's time to to be a little bit more alarmed. But I do think the Chargers played better than I was anticipating. And just a one-game sample, versus, in, particularly in comparison to what it looked like against the Rams, like that still that still counts, right? Like that, what the offense did in LA against the Rams matters just as much as what happened on Sunday. This one's just fresher in our minds. So I think ultimately we have to judge the 49ers offense like over multiple weeks and this week it didn't look yeah. great, but they still won. And that's ultimately the most important thing. And also it didn't look atrocious. Right. Like they it didn't... was fine. The they one turnover they had, the one turnover they had, the block punt was bad. The one turnover they had was kind of like, like, I don't even know how much to blame Brandon. Ayuk for that. Because it's like when you're getting spun around and then flung to the ground, like you're hitting with a lot more force than if you were just to fall to the ground. On top of that, to have Derwin James providing his level of force coming in the other direction and his helmet happening to hit the ball perfectly 
Like, and that just, it felt like kind of a fluky fumble. I don't know. Like, obviously all fumbles are bad and they're mistakes, but well, it was, uh, <laughs> I don't view that as like, oh, Brandon Ayuk was, was, was carrying the ball like a loaf of bread in the open field or anything. Right. And it's not like, oh, Brandon Ayuk has a fumbling problem. Right. That's not what it, that I mean, like. he, he Sometimes the ball comes out. I mean, so yeah, I, I, I just, I think there's so many things you can point to. And per, whether you want to be a glass half full or glass half empty person, that's up to you. Like fan, how you're going to fan. But to me, the way, the way I view it is we saw this team last year be the best team in the league in the red zone. Yeah. And I'm confident that Kyle Shanahan with George Kittle and Tebow Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell and Brandon Ayuk and even Juwan Jennings, like we'll figure out how to put the ball across the goal line. And if you're getting to the red zone five times a game and your defense is going to pitch shutouts in the second half, I, I just, there's so many more reasons to think the Niners are going to be fine down the stretch than to think like, holy crap, panic button time. Yeah, I would agree with that. That so I, I think that was that that felt like largely the vibe from last night, but I think it's because of the bye week there was an expectation that they were going to come out and win by thirty. Yeah. Also, like, what was the game that that we really felt like the 49er? What was the game last year where where we came out of it like, man, the 49er? That was a badass win. That was like their best win of the year. Like, super encouraged. Oh man. Um. Hang on. I have the answer for you. I gotta I go. just Hang say on. it me, because I have a really no, good. No, it's, this is a good point that I'm about to make. If you just let me say it. Okay. Yeah. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> the Packers playoff game. They didn't score oh. an offensive touchdown. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because they won that game, or you know the the reaction is, oh man, they what like amazing win. They go to Lambeau. It's like all right. If that was a regular season game. And we'd be like, well, why didn't they score any points? What's the deal? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they score any offensive touchdowns? Like, is Kyle Shanahan know what he's doing? So it's just, you know, I, I just can't, I can't ride the, the same roller coaster that everyone else does week to week with with some of this stuff. But I do understand that it it looked lackluster compared to what were we expecting. Yeah, I mean, especially when every NFL analyst is like, dude, Debo, McCaffrey, kid, I just don't know what teams are going to do. And the first team they run up against is like, oh, <laughs> right. Get the, the 22 points? Like, okay. Yeah, everyone's talking about yak. And it's like the only situations where the 49ers could create any yak were on like screenplays. So Garoppolo mentioned after the game, that the Chargers defense and what they do is they try to force teams to basically dink and dunk your way down the field. Right. Like you can have that little underneath right. And it shows Garoppolo last night or Sunday night uh, through one pass, 20 plus yards down the field. He threw nine. This is according to pro football focus, nine of them to medium depth, which is 10 to 19 yards, eight in the short depth, which is zero to nine yards. And then behind the line of scrimmage, he threw six balls. And that's again, that's a that is something that A, I think the Niners are fine with if that's what defenses are going to allow them to do. Because they have a quarterback who's going to be efficient in those areas. But 
I just think that the the Chargers, for the most part, um, wanted to take away some of that stuff in the middle of the field, deeper areas of the field. And I think that's kind of why we saw a lot of the ding and duck. Yeah, I would agree. Jimmy Garoppolo, 6.6 A dot last night. It's about par for the course, it feels like. Yeah, he's been up he's been up well over seven all year, but I can't believe they had an unsuccessful sneak. Crazy. First one of his career. First That's unsuccessful 30... quarterback sneak of Jimmy Garoppolo's career. He was 31 for 31. It's crazy. And then he got stuffed on a third down and then went for it on fourth and got it. Yeah. Did you talk about the defense? Yeah, we yeah we would be remiss if we didn't. But you talked about we talked briefly about that Bills Vikings game. Did you see the Kirk Cousins QB sneak attempt? So I did not see it. I haven't done the the dive into all the happenings around the the National Football League yet. So we kind of tongue in cheek talk about like man Garoppolo's really good QB sneaker, and I've always said that is kind of like like a bit. But after watching Kirk Cousins attempt one, I get why Jimmy Garoppolo is good at it now. <laughs> like he gets low, he gets his feet in the ground and he pushes and drives. Kirk Cousins just did a trust fall into his offensive line. <laughs> <laughs> he just cried, just like, carry me home, boys. Like it was a weird, it was a That's weird funny. QB sneak attempt. That's funny. But yeah, anyways. Powerful lower half Jimmy's got. Dude, just the... <laughs> Great calves. A lot of power in those quads. <laughs> um, so I thought Fred Warner and Nick Bosa were all over the place. Just really good. Yeah. Nick Bosa, the last two series of that game might have had like the most dominant defensive end stretch of plays I've ever seen. That's hyperbolic, but yeah, he's just really good. Like again. The play where he tackled Austin Eckler on that wide sweep to the right for like a four or five yard loss, that just felt like what they were missing in the Atlanta game, right? Like the the Atlanta game, the Falcons just controlled the edges with their running game the entire time, and you just really felt Nick Bosa's absence yeah, in, in that aspect in particular. And that play is a type of play that like really makes a difference for the defense. So... You know, he had a sack in the red zone um, that pr- helped prevent them from scoring a touchdown. Fred Warner just like diagnosing everything. He had three pass breakups, which is insane. And he just felt like he was always in the right spot. 52 yards after halftime, just like really it's, good. It is crazy how rare it is that Fred Warner just gets, he gets wiped out of plays by offensive linemen sometimes. And sometimes he over-pursues. But it's so rare to see him just, like, in the wrong spot. Right. Like, man, he misread the shit out of that screen. Like, that just never happens. Right. Yeah, and and I think getting Aziz Alshire back is important for exactly the reasons that became prevalent in Sunday's game. Like, it's not super important to have all three of those guys out there because you you very rarely play three linebackers at once. Right. And the 49ers obviously have three good linebackers, including an elite one in Warner. But when you have all three of those guys and then something happens like Drake Greenlaw gets 
ejected, there isn't this massive drop off, right? Like you're not playing Demetrius Flanagan fouls or Oren Burks. You're playing like a capable starting linebacker, like a pretty good one, whether it's Alshire or, or Greenlaw. So mm-hmm. I think that that's the biggest thing with, with having the linebackers healthy is that like, you know, Greenlaw is generally nicked up a lot. Um, and then Al Shire's nicked up a decent amount also. And he just flies around and throws his body around and just destroys people. I forgot the physicality that he plays with. He, yeah, he just, it's, he just, <laughs> it's tackles. unbelievable. Yeah. He, he like, I, I watch a lot of football in my day and I like, he's one of the few players that I still kind of like flinch when I'm watching him like make a tackle just cause like I'm imagining being the ball carrier and just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> he gets there quick. Yeah. He's, he's it's like, fast. he's trying to separate bones from the skin bag. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, good player. That throw Justin Herbert made to Deontre Carter, former 49ers legend, by the way, Stack state legend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Your stinger is super super straight up um sac state and michigan are only 10 and 0 d1 teams in the country what's up go blue <laughs> wow okay um I didn't, i'm sorry <laughs> I didn't mean it. just in the pod right now man i'm so pissed <laughs> um but herbert you could tell herbert was not operating with the full deck when it came to like the weapons like missing your top two receivers like two really good receivers obviously hurt them they missed Gerald Everett throughout most of the second half. Um, but it was a really good performance by the 49ers defense. And Austin Eckler, 24 yards. I, I think he had 10 touchdowns in the last five games, something like that. 24 yards rushing on six carries. Seven catches, 39 yards. 12 targets. 12 targets, Golly, 39 yards man. for Austin Eckler. Good like Fred Lord. Warner is a maniac. He's just a complete maniac. When you can take Austin Eckler, it's 12 targets resulting in 39 yards. That's pretty wild. Um, uh, you got it all that? I'm making sure our 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 show stenographer has all this for the Cooper six-pack coming up. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, real quick, regarding the Chargers weapons, uh, Austin Eckler had one, and then something named Trey McKitty had a really bad drop on a throw that probably would have been a touchdown. Like up the seam. Yeah. yeah. Plays it right on his hip and he just. And the Chargers have dropped a ton of passes this year too. Yeah. Um, But yeah. On a scale of one to 10, what are you giving this Niners performance? I'm probably going to 6.8. I was going to say, I was going to say six. Like it was fine. It was, it was a good win. But I, I, like I said, I'm not saying the red zone stuff's going to be a long term problem, but in the scope of this game, like it was bad. Like so, the Niners feel like they're not offensively in particular, they're just not living up to how much talent they have. Yeah. And I, and, and, and I, I think that I, I well, there's two things. One, I think they'll kind of get there. I do too. Two. I generally think they play their best football in November and December. I think part of it was, although it is November, and I know it's not. <laughs> I know it's not this late November into December. <laughs> I, I and I know it's not this simplistic, but I also kind of think that the Niners looked at this Chargers defense and said, 
hey, we're going to be able to get four yards of carry by just lining up and running it down their throats and not doing anything crazy fancy. And I think that's kind of what led to some of the lack of creativity because they just went, hey, mono a mono. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, 18 carries, 89 yards with a long of 12. He was good. He was really good. I don't think I can't remember a play where he went backwards. Well, the third down where he slipped. Okay, yeah, in the red zone. Yeah. In the red zone near the end, yeah. Cool. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> slipped. It was, you know, I don't think that play right, was but, but particularly the, well blocked either. But for the most part, he was excellent. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I didn't. Mean yeah, I don't. I, I just, I, I, I think the creativity will come. I think it's going to be fine. But in, like I said, in the scope of Sunday night, it, it was fun. It's, it's a good win. I, I, I don't feel. I don't. If I had to pick feeling better or worse about their chances to to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, I would lean toward better. But it's definitely not worse. Right. I mean, that's the thing. They ultimately gave probably a C plus performance on offense and still won. Yeah. There are a lot yeah. of times where the Niners have had C plus performances on offense and lost. Yeah, totally. So totally. Yeah. And, and that's a, a uh, lot of that's and, a credit to the defense, but they still I mean, as bad as it feels like they were offensively, they still converted 53% of their third downs, which is a great number, and yeah. had 10 more first downs than the Chargers did. And and they got to their 40, with, their 40 rushing attempts total. And with Seattle losing, like that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh they're just they the, the Niners needed that, needed that win. Yeah. They're okay. tied with Seattle in the loss column. Cooperage six pack time. Yeah. Oh, party in the streets. We're tied in the loss <laughs> column, baby. Hang the banner. Let's go. <laughs> Crack open a candlestick chronicles hazy IPA. Hey, do you think they'll give we us? We are rings? tied in the loss column for first place. <laughs> tied in the loss column is going to be the name of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, Cooperage six pack. You ready? <laughs> tied in the loss column <laughs> oh that's such a funny thing celebrate good times come on so do you think the parade will be down market <laughs> i think it'll be down uh great america parkway for the for the tide in the lost column parade <laughs> you hang a right on tasman <laughs> yeah <laughs> Have the stage ends in, ends in, ends in blue lot one. <laughs> Have the stage set up in blue lot one. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um. All right. All right. Cooperage six pack. Yeah. You picked first. I picked first. I want Christian McCaffrey. I was all on my Christian McCaffrey hype last week. I guess the last two weeks. Um. Thirty-eight yards and fourteen carries. Not great. Uh, 39 yards on four catches better. He did score a touchdown. Um, it just felt like Elijah Mitchell was the better running back in this game, but McCaffrey was still pretty valuable in the passing game. And I really liked the few plays where it's like you had McCaffrey in motion going one way. 
Debo Samuel out of the backfield. Like it looked like they were running RPOs where the options were throw to McCaffrey in the flat or give it to Debo. Mm-hmm. And like you're really putting defenses in a bind if that's a decision that they have to make. But it didn't feel like the Niners were getting as much out of those looks as they should have. Yeah, I, I I I think I agree for the most part. And those are the kind of things, like I said, there were some things they did motion wise and and on those and on those plays with McCaffrey and Debo in the backfield, it's where like Shanahan's gonna use that at some point to generate a big play or like a shot play. And that's that's I'm interested to see what that looks like moving forward. And that's another reason I'm not, you know, super angsty about a sub subpar offensive showing. Right. All right. Second pick, my first pick, Debo. Uh four carries, twenty seven yards, two catches, twenty four yards. He had six targets. So I wanna try and flesh this out with you because there was a lot of there was a lot of uh you know there there were a lot there were a lot of like takes during the game on George Kittle only having two targets and one catch and and Debo only having six touches but my question was like what touches are you taking away that were ineffective like that's that's the that's the question i have like maybe a couple of McCaffrey's carries you're you're giving to Debo i would just i i think just generally, I think Kyle Shanahan, when it comes to game planning, pigeonholes guys into certain roles sure. too often, okay. right? Like it feels like there are games where Debo Samuel's either a downfield threat and he's running crossers and go routes and whatnot, or he's mm-hmm. just a screen guy and a running game guy and a gadget guy. Yeah. Like Debo Samuel's good enough to where the menu should be the menu should be full. Like you could, you should be able to do a little bit of everything with him. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it just feels like, you know, you're not maximizing Debo if you're just using him as a screen guy or as a running game guy in any given week. Yeah. Um, yep. So that's so not why. a great, not a good, not a good Debo game. He had a couple of nice plays. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot when you come on this podcast, I feel like there's just a lot more pressure heaped on you. Yeah, no, totally. Like the weight of like wanting to carry the candlestick chronicle bump into Sunday night football. Like I don't blame Debo for no, like putting a lot on his, on himself to try to have 300 all purpose yards and six touchdowns. Well, and that's expect- typically what you would expect after coming on the show. And to expand on that, not only being on the show and getting the candle cron bump that you alluded to, but knowing that you won the candy for best play of the first half right. and wanting to seal that up early in the second half. <laughs> right. This Trying to good. turn every play into six, and that's, you know, I get it. I understand. <laughs> that's a good bit. We're joking. Um, Nick Bosa, probably my best pick. Yeah, I would say quite easily my best pick. Let's just let's let's combine our two picks here. You had Nick Bosa, I had Fred Warner. Yeah, I think they were both so good that they kind of cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a I have a take on that if we if we need to. Okay. Um, I think the way Bosa kind of took over the game at the end, 
puts it over the top for me a little bit because he was just he he was he was well, so me, freaking yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, puts him over the top in my estimation. Right, I got you. Okay, just making sure we're scoring correctly. <laughs> Dog, I'm trying to give you points. <laughs> I'm trying to give you these mythical points. I know. I'm just making sure you're not trying to the take way, them from. So me. the the Chargers backed up on their own one after the terrific pump by Mitch Wisnowski. Backed up on their own one. It was Bosa just generating havoc and not letting them get out of the shadow of their own goalpost. And then on their on their next drive or the drive before that, maybe he was just all over the place. So I'm, I think the way he finished that game was notable. Yeah. Fred Warner again, all over the place. Uh, I went with Tabor pepper. Also a guy coming into Sunday night, just shouldering a lot. (laughs) After coming on the pod last week. No, I mean, I don't know. They, it's hard to say because it's hard to like feel great about Tabor Pepper's game. And I, listen, I'm not blaming him for these things. So Tabor, if you're listening, no, I'm not blaming it. But if I pick you and then special teams has a blocked punt and a missed short field goal. Missed extra point. Yeah, mixed extra point. Excuse me. Like, I, I, It's just impossible for me to come out of it and be like, yep, love, the, love my Tabor Pepper pick. Like, it was awesome. Second lowest graded special teams player per PFF. Oh no! What color Which did they I love? Uh, man, he's cream. I'm going creamsicle orange again. Oh wow! Yeah, you hate that. You hate that. <laughs> I mean, I love I love the idea of some PFF guy like just sitting there, just grinding the long snapper take. Right, and like, no, nah, I I gave that one a a forty four point three, but. God, you know, I cross checked it with Steve, and he said it was a fifty five point eight. I just don't know, man. <laughs> Feels like the laces could have done half a rotation more. <laughs> Shout out to Saber so took... Pepper. That was a fun interview. Yeah, of course it was. I had a great time hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike McGlinchey was my last pick. So I did not pick Mike McGlinchey because I thought he was going to be awesome. I picked Mike McGlinchey because I thought how he did against Khalil Mack would wind up telling the story of the game. And there were undoubtedly some plays where Khalil Mack wrecked the 49ers offense. It's pretty telling that like the team's best defensive end will always line up against Mike McGlinchey. Yeah. Tough look for my guy, Mike. We can talk about this later because it's Only not really... Only allowed one pressure and one hurry, no sacks. Did commit a holding penalty. It just felt like there were a lot of missed blocks coming from 69. It's not nice. Not yeah. Um, I am fascinated because I just don't know how much the 49ers, like what type of resources they're going to have in the offseason with Mike McGlinchey hitting free agency. Like, mm-hmm. do you bring back Mike McGlinchey at a number you can afford, or do you try to make an upgrade which is likely going to cost you a lot more and dip into your cap space that is going to be pretty precious given the fact that you're adding Christian McCaffrey now? And Nick Bosa, yeah, on a new deal. Um, and whatever you do at the quarterback position, i.e., maybe you can get Tom Brady to, to you know, to given, take a little given, bit less. But given what they did, given what they did this year, I'm letting that slide. Given what they did this year, <laughs> it's going to be like a competition between Nick Zakel and Dan Brunskill. 
at a right tackle. And Colton McKivitz. I was going to say, how dare you slander Colton McKivitz's name like that? Um, no, I mean, that's that's the thing, right? Like, it might make sense. They could be like, well, there might not be a huge drop-off between McKivitz and McGlinchey, and we can get McKivitz at, like, 20% of the price of McGlinchey. And their last it, they're not going to invest. A, they don't have any draft picks. I mean, they could maybe they take a, a lot of draft picks, just none that early. Well, maybe you use one of your third rounders on a tackle, but like the third round has been pretty hit or miss for the Niners recently. So. I'd wager just, I think they're going to have like, they're going to have probably like four third round comp picks. Use all of them on tackles and just see one what of them sticks. could be good, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just like running back. We draft, we draft third round running backs all the time. We'll just Ty Davis Price, these, healthy scratch. So. One of these guys will, one of these guys will hit for sure. Meanwhile, six round pick Elijah Mitchell tore it up. Mitchell was good. He was really good. One of us should have picked Mitchell. And Juwan Jennings. I thought Juwan Jennings was excellent. He's a monster, man. He's good. Yeah, if Juwan Jennings is your one, two, three, four, if he's your fifth option, mm-hmm. you should be fine. He'd be the Rams' best receiver right now. He might have been the Chargers' best receiver last night. Oh, he definitely would have been. Shout out to DeAndre Carter, though. Stingers up. <laughs> Well, yeah. All, All right. right. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Listening. Yep. Niners win. Niners win. Five and four. They're in a good spot. They're in a better spot than they were this time last year. Yeah, they were four and five last year. Correct. That's I was falling. That's a full game better, Chris. A entire game better. All right. Mm-hmm. Subscribe, rate, and review. Check out Cooperage, Cooperagebrewing.com. Go order yourself some beer if you're 21 and up, obviously. And uh, and or go to the brewery in Santa Rosa. Shout out to all my Santa Rosa folks. 707. Feel free to say it backwards. backwards. Yep. All right. Talk to you soon. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.